Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. Come on. So uh, two weeks ago, I talked about our breakthrough inheritance. Our inheritance as sons and daughters of God. I'm, I'm really taken back with how many Christians simply believe in God, but they don't know their heavenly father. They don't know what it means to be a son or a daughter of God. And when you believe in God, oh yeah, I believe in God. I mean, a lot of people who say, oh yeah, I believe in God. I say, yeah, great. So does the devil. What's the difference? The devil believes in God. But the reality is the scriptures talk about the fact that that when you put your faith in Christ, that we are adopted as sons and daughters in God. And we have access to our birthright, which is our inheritance in God. Which means that everything scripture talks about is our inheritance as sons and daughters of God. We're not servants that are trying to please the master. We're sons and daughters who inherit the favor and the blessing of our Father. And so that's what we were covering a couple of weeks ago. And then last week I talked about the importance of breakthrough roots. I shared a story about how a couple of years ago our mango tree in our backyard was causing havoc for our neighbors. And I got a rap at the door from the neighbor, come over to say, hey, um, you're going to need to cut down the mango tree in your backyard. And I said, no, I'm not. That's not happening. She said, come over. And I went over and sure enough, the roots from that mango tree had broken the foundations of her patio and were moving towards the foundations of her house. God started speaking to me that the breakthrough power of the mango tree was not in its fruit. It was in its root. And far too often we chase fruit when reality the breakthrough is in the roots. And so when we put our roots down in God, we put our roots down in His Word, when we abide in the vine, our roots are grafted into the vine, what does it say? You can't bear fruit on your own, but when you're rooted in me, when you're grafted into me, you can bear grapefruit. And so, you know, far too often we go, God, I want more fruit. But the Lord says, all right, put down your roots. Put down those roots. It's with the roots that you draw up the nutrients. And and so, you know, we we have to understand that we do need to prioritize our root system over bearing fruits. And we see that far too often where people go out and they've got the lifestyle, but they don't actually have the the finances to, to really back it up. And it and it's all a facade. We live with a facade trying to put out this this fruit, but really we don't have any real substance that anchors us. I would encourage you, if you weren't here last Sunday, we'd love for you to get that podcast. Uh, But today I want to talk to you about the importance of breakthrough seed. Breakthrough seed. Before you could ever get breakthrough roots, you've got to have a seed planted in the ground to start with. And I've just come to the realization that so many people want to reap all the fruit without actually ever putting down the seed. 
How many millennials do you know right now that want to make a hundred grand a year without doing any of the preparation that it takes? That's like, oh, university? Go get a trade? No, I want a video game all day and earn 150 grand a year. I want to be a TikToker. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to... I want to play Fortnite all day and film it and put it online so that little kids can watch it and I make lots of money. And that is just silly. (laughs) And if you sit around and watch that stuff on YouTube, I pray that you get a life. (laughs) And a girlfriend. You will not get a girlfriend (laughs) until you drop that. Because there ain't no woman on earth What do you do? I watch Fortnite on YouTube. Oh, I love when you talk dirty to me, baby. (laughs) Yeah, right. She'd be like, next. You can't reap the breakthrough inheritance if you haven't fully sown yourself as a seed, as a son or a daughter. So many of us live like Christian pot plants. But we haven't sown ourselves into the presence of God. So you don't even know there is an inheritance for you because as a, you haven't treated your own life like a seed that you have really actually planted into the things of God. So many people want to reap the breakthrough, but they haven't sown for the breakthrough. As sons and daughters who know their father, we understand how our father works and our father very much works on the principle of sowing and reaping. And so I want to talk for a moment about some things that we need to know about sowing and reaping. The first thing is sowing is an investment into future harvest. It's an investment. I'm not spending, I'm investing. Because I believe that when I put seed down, that there will be a future harvest. You you can't reap from future relationships if you haven't sown for those relationships. You can't reap a future marriage if you have not sown yourself in God to allow Him to build you and develop you to be the husband. We all want the one without becoming the one. You can't reap future energy if you haven't sown energy. One of the things I really get annoyed about with the gym is I often don't feel like going to the gym. I don't have the energy. I'm, I'm like, normally I've had a big day and I'm like, the, the number one thing I want to do right now is go to the couch. But I always find that if I put the shoes on and I actually go, do you know that I feel more invigorated? As I've sown energy, I reap energy and vitality back into my physical person. The same is true with money. You can't make money without making an investment. Maybe you're investing money. Maybe you're investing a creative idea. Maybe you're investing your hands. But you can't make money without... There is no money tree. And if you're living on Centrelink, can I encourage you? That is not living. That is existing. Centrelink gives you just enough money to exist. And the trap is that, oh, I don't... You know, I know people who've said to me, oh, James, if I go get a job, it will jeopardize my Centrelink payments. And I go, you're you're content with existing 
and not understanding that if you actually invest your hands, your creative ideas, your finances, your energy, oh man, you'll reap way more than the doll will ever give you. Way more. So here's a question. What are you doing with your investment? Well, we, when, with our allotment, we can do three things. The first thing we can do is we can eat it. With your seed, you can do one of three things with it. You can eat it. You can consume it. You got to put food on the table. You need a roof over your head. You need bills. You got to put some clothes on. Please don't come to church stark naked saying, nope, I'm investing. <laughs> You're investing in the lunatic asylum. You're investing it, maybe you're, maybe you're consuming it with going on a holiday or, you know. The other thing you can do with it is not just spend it or consume it, but you can save it. Saving is really important. Paula and I save. We've got, we're, we're, in, the, we're in a season of savings right now. We have to remind ourselves that. This, this, we're going to harvest it. We're going to fill our barns. We're putting it away for a rainy day. Saving is very important. But the third thing you can do with your resource is you can re-sow it or reinvest it. This is where we discipline ourselves not just to eat it all or just to save it away in a bank earning 0.5% interest. This is where we reinvest it. And, and a farmer understands this principle perfectly. He reaps a crop. He understands that a portion of this crop, I must invest. I must invest because if I don't, I won't have harvest next year. So he eats some of his grain, he saves some of his grain, and he reinvests for future harvest. We must train ourselves to become responsible to start to think future harvest. When I was a young man, what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13? When I was a child, I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put aside the childish things. I have never thought about my super until I turned 40. In your 30s, you're not thinking about super at all. You're thinking about stuff. You've got to get the house. But when you're 40, you think, oh, gee, have a, I'm going to have enough. I need to start to think, what am I doing with my seed? Investment is a statement of faith. Investment says if I put faith in God and I put my seed in the ground with God, He will take care of my future. Here's the second thing you need to know about, about sowing, is that seed or sowing feels like death. Whenever you make an investment, whenever you put seed in the ground, you're losing it. It's like... I don't have it anymore, and, and I don't have any fruit either. You've got no money and no fruit. It, yeah. It's very frustrating. You don't have it anymore because it costs you. This is what Jesus teaches us in John 12. Unless a kernel of wheat or a seed of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains but a seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. I've learned in my life that as I've spent the last 22 years sowing myself, sowing my soul into God, that it has actually meant dying. Uh, James Hensley is an investment into the presence of God. And it looks like me dying, sacrificing, giving up. It's miserable. No, it's not. It's actually wonderful. 
But as you're dying, real fruit starts to come up out of you. You actually have to put seed in the ground and die to it. And, and then, one of the great things that I've learned in my marriage is Paula and I used to bicker a fair bit in our first couple of years. Most people do because you're trying to adjust to, to living in the same house and, you know, and hanging the bath towel up and, and not leaving your makeup everywhere. You know, it's all those types of things, right? You know, you know. I love when women say, hey, can you put the toilet seat down? And I just take a photo of the, the bathroom sink, you know, with all the makeup and the paraphernalia and the GHD and the straightener and the blow dryer. Yeah, sure, I'll deal with the toilet seat. No worries. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. On the flip side of that, I've also learned that a woman's I'll be ready in five minutes is the same length of time as a man's I'll be home in five minutes. It's the same. That length of time is the exact same. But in the early days of our marriage, I used to be like, well, she's not doing this and she's not doing that and she's not meeting my needs. And I learned that if you want to have a great marriage, you need to sow yourself into the ground and die. <laughs> Doesn't Jesus teach us that? Husbands, love your wives as, the, as Christ loved the church when he died for her. You sow yourself as a seed into your marriage and you die. Oh, man, you'll we are reaping now in our, in our 19th year of marriage what we have sown for in our marriage years ago. But if you keep holding on to your rights and your needs and your ways and your dreams and... Oh, man, that, that's not going to bear any fruit at all. Here, here's the third thing. God gives seed to the sower. In 2 Corinthians 9.10, it says, Now may he, God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving to God. Notice this. He gives seed to the sower, not seed to the spender. Not seed to the saver, seed to the sower. Why? Because God recognized that it takes faith to sow. It takes faith to sow. And we know through Hebrews that, that faith is how we please God. God's not overly pleased with bank accounts. God's not overly pleased with fruit. Let me say that. God's not sitting around going, oh, wow, look at the size of his barn. God's saying, look at the size of his faith. And, and if we just understood that living by faith is exactly what pleases God, then, man, how many more things should we be doing in faith? Because, man, God's most pleased when I'm operating in a place of faith. I'm believing for a healing here. I'm going to pray for that guy and believe for a healing. So many of us go, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. The very, can I say this? God's not going, oh, yes, finally, healed leg. God's saying, finally, faith. Faith, finally, somebody who's operating in a position of faith. And so the spender simply blows all of his seed because he's undisciplined. And a saver, well, a saver has the opposite of faith. 
A saver has a fear spirit sometimes. Oh, I better hold it all. I better hold it all because if I don't hold it all, then I might lose it all. Now, I am a saver. And I think you're foolish if you don't save. Because that's very important. Every good farmer will save in case there's a lean season. But every good farmer in faith will sow for a new crop. The sower believes that the Father will continue to come through as He always does. The sower believes that he can invest with God and it will produce a harvest much bigger than he could have produced on his own. In, in last year, we had our breakthrough offering. Paula and I were in prayer. We're like, Lord, what should we do this year? And can I say, when, when we come to breakthrough season, it's, it's really not about the amount, it's more about the obedience. And so this is what I tell every family in our church is to, to pray and say, God, would you have me be involved with the breakthrough offering? If you get a yes, the next question is, to what degree, Lord, would you have me be involved with the breakthrough offering? And so last year, we were in prayer and, 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 and God spoke to me and Paula the same amount and it was, it was considerably more than we had ever given before. It was a very big offering. I, I have never given that much money in my whole life. In fact, if you add up the previous three years, it wasn't that much money. We gave a big offering. And in my heart, I knew... All right, I have a third of that right now. It's in the, in the kitty, in my savings. And then I thought, you know what? I reckon, I reckon I could do another third through tightening my budget and, and, and siphoning out of my weekly pay, just drip it over 12 months. I could do another third. But the last third? I have no idea how I'm going to finish that off. I knew I was good for two-thirds of what the Lord had called me to. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't have just run out and done it except for the confirmation was very much in Paula and we knew that we had something from God. And so on offering day, we gave the first third and it was expensive. Next Sunday, if you don't know, next Sunday is the most expensive Sunday in all of our calendar. And I love it and I can't wait. We already know what we're doing and we're already preparing for next Sunday. But for us, we were just like, yes, this is awesome. Then we set up in our diary, in our, in our weekly payments, in our budget, we set up that we were going to, all right, every, every week we're going to drip X amount of money to cover the, the second third. But then we we're like, Lord, this, this last third, I, I, I need you to supply seed to the sower. In faith, we're sowing, but I need you to supply more seed to the sower so that we can fulfill this last third. So I made a deal with the Lord. I like making deals with God. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, out of every dollar that comes into our household, above and beyond our regular pay, I'll give you 50% of it. That's the deal I made with God. I will give you 50% of it. If, if, if we get, you know, a baby bonus from Centerlink, because we, well, not baby bonus, but children allowance. No more baby bonuses. There will not be, Paul is like, oh. I didn't mean that, babe. We get a children's allowance, or, or you, you get a COVID payment, or you get a, 
I don't know, money comes from random places, or we have a side hustle that, that makes a little bit of extra money. I've just said, Lord, we will give you 50% of every dollar that comes in above and beyond our normal wages. Because I've already, out of my wages, I've already dedicated the second third out of my wages. Well, didn't we do well? We paid that, that last third with two months to spare. We fulfilled our offering two months ago. The whole entire thing out of the 50% of surplus that came in the door. And I sat there and I was like, the Lord, I sowed and the Lord increased me and gave me more seed that I could then sow. Which is phenomenal. And, and that's, I believe, exactly how it works with God. When you choose to put your faith in God and invest with God and sow with God, He supplies seed from other means that you did not know was coming. That's exactly what it says when He says He gives seed to the sower. Money that you did not know was coming. Well, the same is true with my children. I will never forget when I had Judah. Judah was the center of my universe when we had him for the first two years. And I, when we found out that we were having a second child, I was, was excited and sad. And the reason that I was sad was because I, I literally, and you know, I'm a dad of one kid, so just go back there in your mind if you can. But I just didn't know how I was going to love another kid the same way that I loved my first kid. Judah was my everything. And I remember I sat down with one of my pastor mates, Pastor Craig Hannay, who is at Calvary Church in Townsville. And I said, Pastor Craig, we're having a second kid and I'm not sure that I'm going to love him as much as I love my first kid. Now you might sit there and go, gee, you're messed up. What's wrong with you? No, I was ignorant. And Craig said, James, don't worry about that. When that baby comes... God will give you a whole new tank of love and you won't take one tank and split it across two. You'll have that tank for Judah and you'll have a whole new tank for this other kid. I didn't know that. I just thought I only have a finite amount of love to give. As we sowed, reaped a baby, God gave me more love well, we've done it four times. I've got four big tanks. That's why I'm so loving. Here's, here's number four. What you reap is what you sow. Sorry, what you sow is what you reap. There you go. If a farmer plants peanuts, he's not reaping wheat. He's reaping peanuts. And so this tells me that sowing and reaping is not just about money. Sowing and reaping is about every facet of life. I sow with my life into God and I reap identity from, from my father. I sow in my marriage and I reap. I sow into my friendships. I sow into my physical health and reap physical health. I sow financially and reap financially I sow in every facet of life seed because that's where I want to reap harvest. And so now I don't think 
what, can, what fruit can I get? I think, what seed can I plant? Because when you understand that way and think that way, I, I've got, I've got, I don't just have one field. I've got multiple fields. I need, I need, I need to reap a harvest and I want to reap a harvest in every area of my life. And so this makes everything so important. I, I was so impressed with Randall Wilson when we built our building here. Because Randall and Lana were on the verge of needing a real breakthrough in where they were at in their household. And Randall said to me, I, I said, Randall, you're a builder. You're a qualified builder. I said, how would you feel about heading up the building project? To actually, In case you didn't know, we literally only had four walls when we got into this building. Everything else here did not exist. I personally laid the carpet. Don't look too closely. I'm not a carpet layer. But Randall said, James, I would like to be the builder for this project. I can give you two or three weeks unpaid as my offering. And I was like, that's, that's a significant gift. And he said, so, so he came and, and he built all our walls, him and Josh Hyde and Quinton, and I can't even go down that road. There's too many to name. But I'm specifically picking on Randall. Because as he sowed his gift, well, the next year, Randall reaped a new job in his line of work. So he sowed his gift and he reaped on his gift. He sowed his carpentry skills and reaped on his carpentry skills a job that was way better paying than anything he had known before. He got a company car, all new tools. It just tells me, if you're sowing peanuts, you're going to reap peanuts. If you're sowing wheat, you're going to reap wheat. If you're sowing your gift, you'll reap in your gift. If you give, you know, maybe you're in a, maybe, I don't know how you give your gift, what your gift is. But as you give your gift, it's amazing what God brings back upon you. Here's number five. Where you sow is where you reap. And that falls into alignment. But, but here's a great illustration. God promised Abraham a miracle son. He sowed with Sarah. And nothing happened. So he gets impatient. And Sarah says, hey, sow with my servant, Hagar. Now, just so we're all clear, that was not God's idea. That was very much outside the bounds of what God instituted for husband and wife and marriage. But Abraham sowed with Hagar and reaped Ishmael. And God blessed Ishmael. Then Abraham sows with Sarah again. And reaps Isaac. And God blesses Isaac. Well, if you didn't know, the Muslim line is traced back to Ishmael. And the Jewish line is traced back to Isaac. And both lines have been blessed by God. Both of them carry the Abrahamic blessing. Now, only one of them carries the Christ blessing. But both of them carry the Abrahamic blessing. Where you sow is also where you reap. I know far too many people that, that don't sow in their marriage. I'm always grieved when I ask, hey, when was your last date night? 
Oh, date night. We've got little kids, mate. Ha, 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 ha. Great, you're headed for a divorce. You think I'm joking? The divorce rates are staggering. Try raising children without investing into your oneness. You're a fool. You're a fool. I know people that aren't having sex. I go, you're headed for a divorce or adultery. It's amazing how many people sow in the wrong fields because they, they're not sowing it. I'm, I'm just, oh, well, you don't know our marriage. It's tough. And then you start to think the grass is greener. The girl at the gym, the girl at the office, the grass is greener. What do we, can I say this? If you've got dry grass, if you've got brown grass, water it. Invest into your own marriage. Rather than going, oh, she's tough. She's hard work. She's just the mother of my children. I'm going to go over here where it's more fun. Cop out. You need to invest. I know a lot of guys who invest so heavily at work, but they don't invest with their children. They, they work away investing. You know, I got to earn the money to pay for the house so my kids have a nice life. You know what your kids need? They need a dad. They need a dad who will invest in that soil and not just in the financial soil. Where you sow is where you reap. It's awful. I, I get so great. I used to live in Mackay and so many of our fly-in, fly-out dads were divorced and their children were in behavioral programs at the school because they, had, they were, had lived in an absentee dad house. No dad was investing into them. And so they need teachers and chaplains and to invest into them because dad's not putting into that ground. Here's number six. When you sow determines when you reap. Genesis 8, 22, while the earth remains, there is still seed time and harvest time. Cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, they shall not cease. The older I get, the more I realize how seasonal life is. It's seasonal. When we took on this church, I was ready to reap because I had sown in Cairns and I had sown in Rockhampton and personally, I was really ready to reap. But then I realized, gee, we don't have enough, we don't have enough seed in the ground. There's not a lot of reaping if you got no seed. And so what we had to do is we went back and we started sowing into leadership, started sowing into our culture in our church. We had to sow into all the, all the, the, the intangibles of church life so that we could have last Sunday or this Sunday or this new season that we're in. We are now in our fifth year. This year is our fifth year as a church. And we are reaping the seeds that were sown back then. You are sitting in chairs that you didn't pay for. Somebody else paid for those chairs. You're listening to music. You're reaping what you have not sown for. And it makes me conscious about sowing for the next generation. Because it's great that I'm leading a wonderful church, but what kind of church are we leaving to our children? What's the future investment that we need to put down now? Well, here's a great example, and I mentioned this last week, but, but for me, I, I'm investing in sowing into my children now as young children so that in their later years, they will have a good harvest to reap. I talked about kids' sport last week. I said, 
we have decided that we don't do kids' sport on Sundays. And our children have the opportunities to do sport on Sundays. But we've decided not to. Why? Because when my kids are 30, what's going to serve them better? Being a sporting champion when they were in grade 9 or being in the house of God where they know the Lord personally and have married a godly woman or, or man, depending on, you know. What's going to serve them better when they're 30? How many guys do you know that are 30 and 40 and their marriages are falling apart and they don't know the Lord, but they were sporting champions? Yeah, I was, a, I was a, on the state team for rugby union. Great. Right next to your divorce certificate is your, is your under 13 sporting achievement. Wonderful. We don't think long term. So we've got to put the seed in the ground now to determine. And we talked about that with superannuation. Here, here's the last one. How much you sow is how much you reap. And man, the scripture is full of this. Jesus just hits this so many times. And, and just I'm going to read you three passages because Jesus gives us a bunch, but I'm going to read you three. Mark 4.24, it said, Take heed what you hear. What is he saying? He's saying, listen to your pastor. That's what he said. <laughs> With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. The measure with which more will be given. Luke 6.38. Give and it will be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured into your bosom for the same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you. Okay. Here's another one. This one's from Paul. 2 Corinthians 9. But I say this. He who sows sparingly also reaps sparingly. But he who sows bountifully also reaps bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not begrudging or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let's break that down. Sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Sow bountifully, reap bountifully. I love this last part though. So let each person give as they have purposed in their own heart, not under obligation from the pastor, not begrudgingly, but with a generous spirit, a gentle, generous spirit that says, I trust the Lord. The Lord's spoken to me and we can't wait to obey. You have to understand for Paula and I, next Sunday, it personally, Easter and Christmas are, are like my favorite Sundays because they're like, they're like real harvest Sundays. So many families coming to church at Easter, hearing the gospel message, souls, hands. But for me, as a farmer, next Sunday for me is probably my most sacred highlight Sunday. Because I know that I'm about to put some real good seed in the ground. Can I tell you that the church that we have, Paula and I have sown for this. We have sown for this considerably. You, you might have heard me tell you about, about our house and, and how our house has increased in great equity. It's almost doubled. And I got thinking about the fact that the last five offerings since we've gotten into this church, we've given five, five times. And it's 
it's exactly 10% of the yield that we've got on our house is what we've given. And I look at this and I go, God, we haven't just reaped personally, but look at our church. Look at what the kingdom has reaped. The Kims are in our church. We sowed for you guys. We, we've done all this for you. Now we have an opportunity collectively to do all of this again for even more, for more people. And so I want to encourage you that, that this, you, you'll never outgive God. I've learned that in my life. I've, I've never, I've, there's never been a time where I gave more to God than He gave to me. Ever. It's always been the other way around. I understand that I'm not a reservoir or a silo. I'm not just saving away from my own selfish pursuits. But I understand that I am a conduit of God's goods and finances. That through me, that, that I would receive and give and receive and give and receive and give and receive and give. And as I become a giver, man, look at my life. Look at my own personal life. Look at our church. But, but I just stop and I go, God, you've come through for me every time. Not always the way that I wanted or thought, but he's come through every time. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship.